0: Hello creative people, welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute. It is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Jen Jonascent. She is a certified financial and life and transformational coach who has helped hundreds of clients go from financially frazzled to financially free and continues to transform their lives. On this exciting journey, clients grow, learn, have fun and win in their life and money. She knows how difficult and scary it is to delve into your money story. And we all have one. So Jen, welcome to the space. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: Yes. I am so glad that you're here. Okay. So before we fully dive in, is there any kind of a fun fact or something that you would like to share before we dive in and get to know you even more? Well,
1: I am from the islands, and so I used to like hot and spicy and mangoes. Those two things go together for me.
0: <laughs> so you said you used to, so you still do, right? I, I, I
1: dabble in it every now and then okay, just to get some spice going in my life. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> so it's not it's not a regular anymore?
1: Not anymore, no.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you miss it?
1: I do. I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Get some spice in your life. There you go. (laughs) The simple little ways to add some spice. So we're going to, we're going to do our would you rather, and then we are going to dive into the official questions. So Miss Jen, are you ready? Yay, I am. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather have Briar's vanilla ice cream? or a fancy flavor of any kind
1: i would prefer a fancy flavor of any kind i love options and choices so
0: Mm, i had a feeling (laughs) see some people like vanilla which i totally understand because you can you can add things to it it's like a good base or you can appreciate the pureness of it and you know there. And other people are just like, Oh, my God, that's just too regular. I can't do that.
1: Right? That's right.
0: (laughs) I have to have some mix going on in there. That's right. (laughs) So you like the mix? I love the mix. Yes, totally understand. Okay, so we're gonna dive in. And first, initial question is, Jen, how do you define creativity?
1: Wow. You know, I define created creativity as a multifaceted, uniquely designed way of having fun just for you.
0: Mm. Multifaceted way of having fun just for you.
1: Yeah, it's designed just for you. So uniquely designed based upon the person.
0: So tell me a little bit more, dive in a little bit more with that, please.
1: So my creative is not somebody else's creative, right? So for me, creative I I like to I like things that bring me joy and Mm -hmm. and sparkles of joy throughout my day. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: for me, creative is creative is cooking. You know, I could have six pots on a on a stove at the same time. To me, that's creative. Mm -hmm. Um you know, creativity just means I get to design the things that I want in my life that brings me joy. And it mm-hmm. could mean everything from how the the way i make up a bed which is super creative i got that from my son um i'm not even going to repeat what i do but uh well so now
0: to- i need to hear it jen <laughs> you can't just like put that out there and be like i'm you not going to tell you. you i have know. to give us I, a hint <laughs> this
1: is well i have to this is a disclaimer i've borrowed this creativity from my son who is actually the most creative young man i know
0: okay. but
1: <laughs> you know uh, raising children is interesting because you tend to sort of repeat what your parents or some of the things your parents did and i started doing that and i realized you know what this kid is way out of the box for me like i really have to let him be his own person Mm -hmm. and i when i told him to make the bed he just threw the he put the covers in a way where he could slid right underneath it at night (laughs) (laughs) and i was like you know what i like that (laughs) that is so creative Right? I want to know what that looks like. I know
0: it's, it's <laughs>
1: like a, it's like a mound of fort. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So I, I borrowed it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny. You just made me think of our cat. One of our cats, gets, all of a sudden you see like a little bump in the middle of <laughs> the bed underneath the, all of the covers right and i'm like and but nothing has moved like, that's how right. did she get under like how did she
1: get and under? isn't
0: she suffocating like what <laughs> is there's so many questions in all <laughs> of this <laughs> and and my kids have said we're like we've seen her do it she she gets her head and she pushes back the 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 sheets and then she pushes off the frame of the bed and she wiggles her way in and it's She's so it's a, creative she's so crazy. <laughs> i love it and then there's the human part of me that's like i need to pull back the sheets so she can breathe but obviously she's okay she's done <laughs> she's this many fine. times
1: she's alive she's alive. <laughs> she's alive
0: <laughs> <laughs> which kind of goes to the idea of what you said already about like what we kids hmm um, and how we kind of automatically go to what we were taught. And then it's being open to realize we don't have to, we don't have to overcomplicate things and change them. We have to listen.
1: Yeah. We don't, we don't have to mold them. We Mm -mm. just have to let them be Mm -hmm. who they're meant to be. My son says he's uniquely designed. Mm -hmm. I said, there you go. No, he says, he says, mom, I'm built differently. I said, absolutely. 100%.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How old is he?
1: He's 15. Mm
0: -hmm. But the self-awareness, like that's amazing. That's as adults, what we want to keep in our lives is this awareness of self instead of getting lost.
1: Yes, indeed. And I think that I see in, because I work some with teens, I see, I've seen teens sort of really, um, push the norm, you know, the inner troublemaker comes out and they are so not like their parents. And this is a generation, the gen Z, gen, gen Y generation is so unlike our parent, their parents. And I'm like, yay, way to go. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's dive in some more and tell us about you. Tell us how what I call this is going from financially frazzled to financially free, but before you have become a financial and, uh, life and transformational coach and all of this that you do, tell us a little bit about more, wherever you want to start in your journey about who you are and how you got here.
1: Well, at the end of the day, I was, I I've, I've trans, I've remake rematrixed to myself 10 times over. And I say that because if you saw me when I was, I was talking to a friend yesterday and I said, if you saw me when I was, you know, younger before 17, you would have, you would have said, you know, this kid, needs a real therapist because mm. I was painfully shy, um, clinically just, uh, a wallflower, uh, just in the, in the worst way. I mean, just invisible to mm. the, the world around me. and you know, they said the brain doesn't come online until you're like 26, 27. And, and I, it happened for me, it's like, I involved into this person and I'm like, huh, who is she? And as, as time went on, I realized that there was a lot of things that was really, um, really packed down deep, suppressed, repressed. Uh, and then I, I did the work that did the work with many, many, many coaches and therapists. On uh, spiritual leaders, around you know getting to know who i I was and who I am and what I brought to the world, I knew I had something it just it was just buried very deep, and mm-hmm. so I had to do those excavation of learning who I am, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, you know, all of those parts that I bring now to my clients, you know, learning neuroscience learning, you know, all the parts that I really love and I enjoy and the creativity of all of those things to myself first, like me first. Right. Yeah. And so that, that evolvement, that evolving is happening every day. And, uh, when I see that transformation, I am surprised, I am shocked. But then I always knew there was something underneath. And mm-hmm. so for me, the, the whole idea of me transforming first, uh, before I can help someone else was, was the magic, right was the was the wow, wow, mm-hmm. there was so much creativity, because creativity in a sort of traditional sense, I always thought, well, I can't paint i can't draw you know i i do Mm -hmm. stick figures i just i have no sort of creativity in that realm and i did a i did a a a dual workshop with an artist friend of mine Mm -hmm. and she really helped me to bust through all of those norms and bring out the the inner troublemaker in me and and be a disruptor in so many ways because again i was a wallflower and so i had to really work hard to step outside, not just one box, but any boxes in order to embrace all of who I was, the best of me, so that I can give the best of me to others, right? Yeah. And that was such a process. It was such a long process and it got me so excited so that when I realized I wanted to bring this to the world, I realized I didn't wanna bring it in a traditional way, like boring. <laughs> Like boring mm-hmm. is not part of my mantra ever, right? Mm-hmm. And my husband says you have way too much fun with 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 clients, and I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I, I I feel like if I missed out on fun, you know, so fun is mm-hmm. really a part of my if my my very breath. And I was talking to my coach the other day. And I, you know, I, th- sometimes it gets me into trouble because I want to have fun when I really have to work. <laughs> and she, mm-hmm. she says to me, well, how can you do both? And I was like, oh, I like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so we,
1: we were able to play with how do I then bring both into my life every day to get things done, to move the needle while I still bring joy into the, into every aspect of my life. And so, for me, the creativity comes with you know you design the life your way, the way that you desire it. You know, some I have some clients that are writers, some that are some that are PhD, some that are, are you know accountants, and a lo- fun is so different. Creativity is so different for every single one of them. And I have I design it their way on their terms.
0: Mm-hmm. Here, I have to give a cheer. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have to, need to, to have to do that i want to go back and ask so i completely understand the being a wallflower being incredibly shy mm. in fact one of my multi-author books is called invisible no more stepping into the spotlight mm. um and What was the, what was it for you that, um, how old were you and maybe I missed it and I apologize if I did, when you were just like, no more, like I I don't wanna be invisible anymore.
1: I think it was around 23. I was coming to an age where I was stepping out of my teens into my twenties and I decided to take a big, huge fat leap and leave my family of origin and step out of the norm and come to somewhere that I've never been before. Mm. Um, I didn't understand what what, the culture was different and I just did that just I say blindly I think my my heart was thirsting for that that risk that you know that new that different and and I now that I know I'm an Enneagram 7 I just love adventure and I love exploring and I love things that are different I didn't know that about myself then of course but that's when everything started to make sense to me and I explored and I got lost and I I made mistakes and I did, I did all of those things in my early twenties. And I just, I was, you know, I was brave enough to take that step of faith. I don't know when it happened, but I think it started around 2021, 22 ish. And then 23, I just made the big leap and migrated and that, that
0: was it. That's beautiful. Can, can you tell, let's just kind of backtrack when you said, uh, I think ideogram seven, is that what you said?
1: Enneagram can, seven.
0: Yeah, can, yeah. Can you please tell people exactly what that is? Because I've heard of it, oh, but people might yeah. not know.
1: So the enneagram is is it's a personality sort of uh, assessment, but it's much more. It's our core motivations, our core fears, and our, the core of who we are. What motivates us? What's make us tick? What? How are we packaged? How are we designed? And there are there's. It's much more scientific than what I'm saying. But you know, in terms of getting to know who you are, what drives you, what moves you, what brings you joy, what, how are you wired? And this is where you, the embracing of who you are is like, it's all wrapped up in this sort of tool, this Enneagram mm-hmm. t- tool. So as I worked with an Enneagram coach and I understood, you know, who I am, I'm a nerd when it comes to assessments. And I, she figured out I was a seven and sevens are all things fun, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, yay. Uh, We don't, we don't like boring. We love options. We, we just adore choices. Right. And fun is our middle name. Like we are the life of the party, bring it on every day, but sometimes it can get us into trouble. So that's, so there's the unhealthy seven, there's a healthy seven, and there's something in between in the middle. So it's all, it's very much scientific, Mm -hmm. which I, I can't uh, really explain it that much, but I know that is that coming to that, to that, Uh, understanding of who I am at my very core, validated and confirmed what I was called on this earth to do, the purposes I had, the places I should be, uh, stepping out and doing things that were so different than my my family of origin. I was like, yes, yes, I knew it. I just didn't have a word for it.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I think this is just such an important point just to kind of stay on for a minute because how you were when you were a kid is so different. When you described a seven, it sounds like everything that you weren't when you were younger. Correct. And so one might ask, well, how could you be a seven if you weren't showing that when you were younger?
1: Yeah, and it's funny. It's the same thing I asked the Enneagram coach. That's the same question I asked her. I said, what happened? She said, you were always that, but it was suppressed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You were always that. There was always part of who you were. That was your core. I was like, wow, what happened? Well, the brain yeah. came online and that's what happened. You know, yeah. we just don't evolve at at 15. You know, that takes yeah. a while for the brain to come to a place of full evolvement. And really the growth goal is to rematrix yourself over time. You know, that yeah. transformation is not one time, yeah. it is constantly evolving. And, and come and stepping into new new levels, new horizons, new risks, new adventures, new exploration. I'm changing. I've changed so many times over. Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing.
0: It's a very beautiful thing. And I want to acknowledge um, who's with us here live. Mandy, so good to see you here. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put it in the chat box. Um, you can be part of the conversation if you'd like. Um, <sighs> I just can't stress this enough that, I mean, there's so many different scenarios. There are some people that come in, some kids that come in, and as you said, they're kind of troublemakers in a good way, um, where they're disruptors. They're willing to challenge and know who they are and know what they want to do, and they kind of stick with that, but change. There are changes along the way, and some, like you said, are... um, There's just so many variations on the way that we expand and the way that we grow. Um, But I just think it's such an important conversation to have because people can get frustrated. And in their adulthood, what I see, and I think what you may see too, is people getting stuck in the whole adulting thing and then get frustrated because they're not having as much fun in their lives. It's like your husband has said, you have way too much fun with your clients. Like that's a bad thing.
1: I know, I know. He's he's an engineer, so I could understand. <laughs> I could understand the left brain syndrome, but um, you know, I I actually, I actually feel that that, and I I'm not, I'm gonna switch a little bit here. I actually feel that school, traditional school, actually forces people to change, in, in a way that's not them. And so mm-hmm. for me, I just feel like you know, they, I think it was I forget who said that there was um when you're mainstream or when you're school love kids that are very mainstream they sit down they listen they obey they do the they do all the things that are good and when you yes. find a disruptive person it's like that's a troublemaker and can I just say that the troublemakers are the ones who change the world? Yes. That's I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true those labels get thrown on. Um, And when that label gets thrown on, there are some kids, there was one particular scenario, which I won't go into deep, but it's just that my son was having an issue with this one particular um, administrative kind of person at school. And um, he was able to kind of stand up for himself. And at one point I was like, look, we didn't raise you to be rude or, but at the same time he was wrong. Like the person that said this to you was wrong. So when I called and spoke to his supervisor, I was like, look, my kid is secure enough with himself where what he said is not going to, it's not going to affect him in a bad way. But there are other kids. I know for a fact that it would like for when he said to my son, you're never going to amount to anything. Mm. Uh, It's and my son came back with a retort back to him. Um, That was very sarcastic and rude. But at the same time no he, he wasn't accepting so. that that's right yeah that's right. so everybody's built differently some people will take that and carry that with them until they're 50 thinking right. that and, and other people will take the time to work it out yes. and be like and some kids are just already comfortable with themselves to be like no nah, that's a bunch of bullshit.
1: that's right that's right and and yeah so i i just feel that you know we have to really empower young people to come into a into who they are who their core who they are at their core earlier than when we i don't know about you but when i came in i was later yeah we have to we have to empower them now And i just feel like you know i has sort of had to pivot a little bit i used to work with teens uh in that space now i feel you know what i, I really want to go back to that in a way because you know it's so it's so much harder when you know adults come to me there's so much they're so ingrained in some mm. system really hard for me to shift the needle or for them to do it because there's so much packed in there. But when yeah, I have yeah. a teen, I mean, they're just throwing out all kinds of stuff that is so like fun. Like how do they, you know, they're not, they're not thinking concrete in a way because they're not, they're not adults. So I play with them and have fun with them because their brains are just so not linear. It's just all over the map and sort of, you have to rein it in, but it's just it's so fun that they just don't have those barriers and those those blocks and those boundaries you know yeah. they're they're boundless in their in their ideas and their they just it's just different working with with teens so and I have a teen, so it's every day all day long you know I'm going yeah. through the situation so it's i I have fun with him i i borrow his fun sometimes,
0: yeah, yeah, which is amazing um okay, so let's Let's kind of, I really do want to get into what I call this, uh, the money story, the money aspect before we, before we learn more about you talk to us more about that, the money story, the financially frazzled to the financially free.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we all have money stories. I have one it's on my website and I did not know it was my money story until I had a money coach (laughs) Mm -hmm. and realizing that money is neutral. It's not good or bad, right or wrong. In the hands of wrong people, it could go sour, right?
0: Mm-hmm. However,
1: money, we need money. And we saw our parents handle money. And by the way, more is caught than taught. So you can imagine, you see a, your, your parents growing up and money conversations happen all the time. As a young child, if, if a parent don't sit down and have a conversation with you about what's happening in the household, you tend to make up stories and they mm-hmm. tend to be not true right? Kids create narratives. That's why they're not good witness, witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. So they recreate stories. And those stories are parts of us that come with us in adulthood life. So you can imagine, you know, the stories of maybe poverty, or maybe uh, mis- mismanaging money or secret. So many different stories that people bring to me when they come to me. And those money stories don't stay in the, you know, as we know, everything sort of comes into our adulthood life. And those money stories, if we're not self-aware will come with us and be a and we will begin to embrace that as part of who we are those mm-hmm. money stories oftentimes we get into trouble with those stories because we embrace them like ours like it's a coat you know and so if mom was i don't know haphazardly with money or she didn't save you may have ha- borrowed some of that i call it a sort of the legacy burden, I call it, you know, when I work with clients, we talk about some of those legacy burdens. And by the way, you don't have to carry those legacy burdens, you can take them off. But because again, because we are conditioned, I would say, or prone to subjected to create those sort of uh, those sort of um, parts of our brain, you know, unconsciously, carry those quote memories or stories or narratives what i call them and it it runs in the back of our minds and we act it out or play it out in our adulthood life right so for example for me i'm just going to share about me when i Mm -hmm. felt sad mad or glad i went shopping
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: it provided comfort to me now i became a shopaholic as a result of that of course because I mean, you're talking about sad, mad, and glad every day. <laughs> That's every right, day. Right, right. It pretty much
0: covers a lot. Yeah. <laughs> correct.
1: Correct. And all, you know, so, so that money story was with me. Is that, okay, if I feel sad, I'm shopping. Some people, you know, they, everybody has their soft addiction, right? Mine, was shopping. Huge. Just huge. Yeah. And I didn't even know it was a soft addiction until I went to my coach and I started to share and we went all the way back. I mean, talking all the way back. And what a powerful experience of unpacking some of those stories that by the way, I created, I, I, I created because there was no conversations. You know, you talk about creative conversations Yes. in the absence of conversations in families, kids assume, kids make up, kids create.
0: Okay. So and- I want to stop you right there for a minute and then continue. I'm sorry, but I want, so are you saying that if let's say a kid is like eight years old and there is financial stuff going on and all of that but the parents aren't sitting down and saying da, 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 you know having the conversation should they be having a conversation but at an eight-year-old level
1: yes 100 percent 100 or else the kid will make it up and by the way that will be a part of their story not consciously right unconsciously running in the background it's almost like if you have and i've been known to have this 20 windows open on your computer (laughs) yes (laughs) i am i'm big i'm i'm there right it's so so it's you're not seeing it it's minimized but it's running in the background that is what happens with the money story okay that's what happens with the money story that's just an analogy of what happens with the brain
0: yeah. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted before, but I just felt like I wanted to, that need to be no, clarified. No, that's okay.
1: In the absence of conversations, people create stories. Mm-hmm. And and 99.9% of the time, they're not accurate.
0: Yes. Yes. Was there something else that you wanted to go off on when I introduced you, when I um, interrupted? Do you remember? No, I talked
1: about, you know, your 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 podcast name is is sort of really apt. It's conversations. Yeah. We need to have conversations. You know, I say to people, create money circles in your family safely, of course, but have money circles. Why do I have to wait until somebody dies to understand what's going on in in the household? Why? Why? Why does it take death? Why does it take, you know, Sue doing something so that I can understand that I have something coming to me? Why? Why is that? Why do we There's two things that people shy away from talking about money and sex? I'm not even going to go there because money is my superpower. So I'm I'm just gonna focus on that. Mm -hmm. It's so hard for people to talk about money. It's almost like taboo. Yeah. And unless we have those, what I call honest conversations, you don't have to share details. This is not a, this is not talking about how much you earn. This is, this is, we're not getting granular here, right? Yeah. We're, We're talking about being comfortable with having a conversation about currency. Yeah. We all need it. We all use it
0: because it really is like you said, and it really is understanding that money is neutral. It's not money that's doing harm to anything. It's how it's used and its intentions with it. That's right. That's that's where things it's interesting. We um, just did a family tree and uh, just went over it today with the person. They basically focus on my mom's side and just kind of learned, went back to the mid 1800s. And I just bring this up because it was kind of seeing how this entre- this entrepreneurship and all of this stuff kind of ran back in the family. Yes. Sales it That's went right. back pretty far. People owning their own businesses, people working, yeah. for people having one part of the family actually did some bad things with money and they moved meaning in the sense that they were writing bad checks. And mm. they, I think I'm kind of putting it out there saying it, but I don't know. There was kind of like, they moved to California, Florida, when most of the family was up East in Philadelphia, but there were, I don't know if there was like an, they were being ostracized in a sense. My mom never even heard their names before. Mm. So it's just interesting when, that's just top of mind right now when you kind of hear these, uh, these things.
1: And it's interesting, you're talking about that with your family, and I've heard a lot of money secrets, especially with married married couples, mm. a lot of money secrets, money infidelity, there's so much money trauma, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many money subjects that gets wrapped into client sessions and it comes out and it's almost like a therapy session, because again, money is one of those things that people don't discuss even when they're dating, even when they, especially when they're married, there's so much in there. But my my point is if you don't deal with your money story, it's going to come with you and that legacy burden. But what I do is I transform it into doing legacy impact, right? You want to begin to change your legacy. And you can do that. And mm-hmm. it is a beautiful thing to
0: see. Yeah. You gotta do the work, everybody. You <laughs> like, you have, work. you have to be willing to learn more about you and your patterns mm-hmm. and be like, yes. okay. And like we kind of said earlier, we screw up, you know, yes. just give yourself a break and just be like, okay, that happened. Moving forward, blah, blah, blah.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and that, that, you know, money infidelity, I've seen it money trauma, I've seen it money, abuse, money. I mean, I just, it, it is, it is quite uh, a gnarly thing to work through, but when you do the work and you come out on the other side, it is beautiful to watch the liberation that mm-hmm. comes the evolving that comes. It takes, it takes, it takes work, it takes work. Mm-hmm
0: okay so let's learn we'll we'll i'm sure we'll touch on stuff like this along the way but um let's learn more about jet so how do you incorporate more you mentioned cooking but how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life
1: well i i i get to create fun things i start with me as a guinea pig around money um i've had many money coaches mindset coaches etc but for me um I build in fun in my planner, like I, the one part of my brain, I, am a project manager. So I have this sort of functional part of me. And then the other part of me, I like to have fun. And I, I think, so I'm a, if you, and I do on the, something called money habitude, it's a game around money. And my habitude is that I'm a planner and people say, well, how come you're seven, how could you be a planner? Like those two things don't go together. Well, I plan to have fun. Mm-hmm. That's a. Plan to spend, we plan to give, we plan to have fun. We just plan to do things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because two things can work at the same time. Like I'm not all fun and I'm not all planning. I like both. And so for me, I am a, I'm a fun planner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I, I love to plan fun. Like I love to, and sometimes I'm spontaneous. Like Saturday I was doing, I was in a, I was doing a three day coaching challenge. Um, and it was tedious and long and some things were really hard. And I said, you know what? I just want to go and have fun (laughs) in the middle of it. And I just called a friend and we went to do some arts and crafts and we did some joy stuff and, and that was all I needed. And I went back. And so that was, that was spontaneous because I didn't plan it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I came back to what I was originally said, finished to do. I want to finish the task but I needed to have fun in between or else I get bored, I get antsy, I get restless and I'm like, no, I need to do something different. I need to move my body because I'm a, I have high sensory needs. So I know, I know myself enough to know what I need.
0: So tell us some more. So I'm hearing myself in the background. Okay. that stopped. Okay. Um, so tell us some more. So you just said, um, you went and you met up with a friend did arts and crafts what other things for you are like examples of joy things that you've that you would plan or spontaneously do
1: so this is this is something unique to me Uh, but i go and i look at kids playing in the playground i go on a swing during lunchtime and i swing with kids i go to story time in the library i'm the only Mm. adult there besides the one who's telling the story Those Mm -hmm. are the things that I do because I go to my happy place, which is a garden close to my workplace. And I just, there's a vine and there's a vineyard and there's grass. And I roll on the grass and I do different things. I just, I I just feel like it's, it, it, it fills a need that I have that probably needed to be filled. So I, I integrate those things into my day.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Just. I think before when we were talking, we talked about the swing thing, because yes. right when I asked this, I had in my head, it was kind of like scrolling through saying, swing, swing, swing. I kept hearing it in my head. Um, but everybody, it's these things that you might be like, well, that's childish. I like, know. Come on, get out yourself. Like That's exactly the point. We crave this stuff. It yes. makes us feel good. It makes us laugh. It brings us happiness. Joy, joy. yeah for whatever reason um and these are the things that we need to engage in as adults that's right give give yourself permission to roll in the grass give yourself permission to swing on the swing give yourself permission to go to the bookstore the local bookstore and story hour. and go to story (laughs) hour i mean yeah
1: the first time i did that this was years ago A little girl said to me but you're not little and i said yes honey there's a little girl inside of me oh my god it was so funny that's so
0: sweet what did she say she's
1: just she just
0: looked at me smiling (laughs) that just reminded me of the movie elf i don't know if you've seen that
1: I've seen it. Yep.
0: Yes. The part where he's at the doctor's office and he's like holding the cotton ball on his finger Yep, yep. <laughs> and, yep. and he's saying, my finger has a heartbeat.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. But you know, we all have that little person inside of us. And if we don't nurture him or her, mm-hmm. I feel like we, we don't we don't um we don't heal. I feel like if we don't heal, the parts of us that are carrying the burdens, right? The yearning that we the yearnings are there. We just suppress them by being adult. Adults.
0: Yes. Yeah. Go back to that terminology, the adulting. The adult. I hear I hear, oh wahala. Well, you know I have a you know, I have rent to pay. That's I have a right. mortgage to pay. Do you really think I'm gonna go out and go swing on the swings? because I gotta go make money. I gotta go do whatever, whatever, whatever. Every excuse under the sun when, like you're saying, we're yearning for these things and you can do
1: both. You can do, it's who, you know, this, it's not this or that, it's this and that, you you know, you can do both. You can do whatever you want.
0: Yes, you can, you have the power. You, we, we give you permission, everybody
1: you have to give yourself permission. And I think a lot of times we have to on, we have to unshackle ourselves from uh, sort of the linear way that we were taught sometimes and just throw it off like a coat and begin to adopt and embrace something that's new and different. You just, you, you're an adult, so you can do that. But I think, yeah, you know, yeah. when you, I love, when you say give yourself permission, because I don't think we give ourselves permission to be silly, to be fun, to be playful. I mean, I just have so much fun with kids. I just love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And
1: I do. I I think people are way too serious, way, way, way too serious. And people need to loosen up a little
0: bit. Yes, we do take life pretty seriously.
1: And I don't know when that starts. I I have no idea.
0: Mm. Can start in many. I mean, unfortunately i've seen some kids have so much responsibility at such a young age I know that that it can almost be put on them that early yes um, for many reasons um, whether it's you know maybe the parent doesn't speak English and the kids do right. and they they have I've to they have to speak up for the parents or um, there's many kids in the house and. Mm the kid in fourth grade is taking care of the baby because mom has to work. And like, there are so many, those are kind of extremes, but it's it's real. Um, It is. Uh, but anyway, okay. Tell me you do many, you work with people, coaching them in many different ways. You have like the, um, uh, lifestyle design project program home strategy yeah. financial transformation i mean there's really so many ways there's a lot that you there's help people design their life yeah because
1: people come in for so many different things you know so many different and so many different goals that they have you know some people may just come for credit or some people might just come for home ownership and some people may want to um structure their pre retirement some people may want to just start saving for something college you know mortgage so many different facets of financing um, and then I'm also a consumer advocate where I, I go on the other side where I work with um, things like scam prevention and predatory lending and foreclosure prevention and those other sort of just high justice part, but have a high justice <laughs> so I have many parts but that high justice part is the consumer advocate part and then there's a sort of legacy building part so the so which is why I love options right because I'm not yeah. just one thing I'm many things and because I have experience, lived experience, professional experience, and also, you know, education experience in, in finance, I try to make it as versatile as possible
0: and get people to design the life they want their way. Mm-hmm. What do you find the common thread is between all of these different things that you offer? Because I, I, I'm sure that when somebody comes in and is talking about building their credit, there's maybe the person just does come in for that, but they unpack many other yeah. things along the way.
1: Well, I mean, I've been doing this for, for a long time. And the theme, the pattern that I see is debt. Debt always gets in the way, um, all kinds of debt. Debt is really the, the common denominator, denominator that I see um, that shows up because it's a barrier, it's a block. And it gets in the way. It's like the big elephant, right? That's in the living room. And you can't get around it. You can't get over it. (laughs) You you can't get over it. But It it comes back to get you. You can't get under it. You, You have to get through it. And people don't have a strategy or a plan to get because they feel overwhelmed. Like this big thing is looming over me. How do I even begin to, you know, how to eat an elephant, right? So a lot of time I do a lot of strategy around that piece of it, which is the biggest impediment that people come to me for.
0: Mm -hmm. Huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. And with all of these aspects of, you just have such a great balance between the life coaching and all of the things with the financials that you can really look at a person as a whole, and speak yeah. to them and speak to them as a human and not make them feel bad about themselves.
1: Oh, listen, I don't have to do that. They come feeling bad, yeah. which is, which is so sad for me because it's like, that's, that's not your identity. That's, yeah. that's not who you are. And so I first have to deal with you know, a lot of somatic work. And thankfully I'm doing a lot of somatic work with other therapists because I had to integrate that because that was actually getting in the way of the session. So I had mm-hmm. to go back. I mean i went for mindset uh so that, that be beyond mindset, i had to go to somatic work emotions big and huge uh, around money you know money is very emotional yeah. very emotional uh I, I have tissues in my office because people do a lot of crying and i don't make them do that it's just money is tied to so much emotion and so and a lot of it lives in our body this somatic work that i do lives in our body so i do a lot of prepping and mindfulness around that before we even get started, because it is, it is very, p- a powerful shift when people actually get through some parts of their, their intentions, I say, part of the, what they intended to come for. It's huge. Yeah. And I realize that, you know, I'm, I'm holding people's hearts in my hand, sort of in a way. Because they're trusting me with this information you know they're opening up they're being raw and vulnerable things that they will never even tell their spouses or their family they wouldn't share this information i feel like a trusted advisor in a way uh, and i don't advise per se but i feel like if I'm, I'm being entrusted with this information so for me it's very valuable The sessions it is worth its weight in in my time and in all the experiences that i have the continuing ed that i do it is for client transformation 100 percent
0: before we uh get to the last question maybe could you tell people also what somatic work is
1: so somatic work is simply body work embodying sort of all of those feelings because when we when we experience something we first feel it and we feel Mm -hmm. it typically in our bodies or anywhere Mm -hmm. and and I sort of we sort of identify that part. Um, We identify that part of it and there's a five step turn that I take. It's a it's a model that I follow taking a U-turn. So we do the five step around somatic work. Where do you feel? Where is that coming up for you? When I feel what then I do what? And so we have to do a lot of reverse engineering with where that part is. And that's your part by the way. Like that part I felt, you know, that person probably felt when they were two or three or four, that's never, that's not going away. So if we get to begin, and I like to do root work because, I mean, and and I take time to do it because if I don't, what I, when I did, because I've been doing this for probably 25 years. And what I found that when I was doing it with just the math, there was a high rate of recidivism. People Mm -hmm. were not being transformed. They were just doing the math. And I'm like, what happened? when I went back and I did some work on, I, you know, I went back to school, I did some work on neuroscience and I realized, oh my gosh, this is so somatic, right?
0: Yeah. Who,
1: you know, which one of us was, sat down and was shared about our emotions when we were younger? Like I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. And so all of those feelings are carried in the body and then they begin to take root. And I had to go back to school to begin to do some of that work. And now I see transformation lasting really because we're getting to the root. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes again here we go <laughs> everybody it's getting to the root of things our body it, it's kind of this thinking where it's not it's not like neuroscience in this sense where it's like if you eat crap you feel like crap like right. it's really that basic. <laughs> but that at is. the same time we often don't stop to think about it because no. the eating of that makes us feel good so we just you to do it um but we hold these things in our body Mm -hmm. we hold all of our feelings in our body and that translates in many other ways that often can don't feel good (laughs) they don't feel good physically they don't feel good emotionally Um, so i just think that it's so wonderful that in how you're helping people you are really literally getting to the root of it
1: getting to the root yep
0: yeah. Whew. So actually I lied because before we get to the last question, I want to ask you, do you have a morning routine of any kind?
1: I do. I actually do have a morning routine and it is, it's not, you know, I, I do nothing perfectly. I do nothing every day. <laughs> I do, mm-hmm. I do rituals and I, I give myself, like I plan my week the Sunday and I say, I want to do some ritual four to seven days. So I never do, you know, as a wellness coach, I was a, a fitness coach, so I have all these different modalities I bring into my, into my everyday world, but I never do it. You know, I used to have clients coming in and they've never worked out and they said, oh, I'm just going to do seven days a week. I'm like, well, you may want to just scale it back to one f- to start. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to do a seven. And then I see them one day and they never come back. So I always yeah. say, you know, yeah. try to do what you can, you know, feasibly mm-hmm. based upon what you have going on. So my rituals is really doing a lot of deep breathing in the morning, a lot of stretching um, when I say a lot, I mean ten minutes, the max, right? Mm-hmm. and And so I get into a place of centered. i I check in with my parts. Somatic work is number one, right? because that that lays the foundation for the day.
0: Yeah. Check in with
1: my parts. I check in with my parts throughout the day, but the morning time is really where I start. I know what's coming up. I have a ritual of you know, I pray, um, um I do some some sort of work or you know, ja- Japanese um, swinging. Um, I do a lot of um, parasympathetic parasymp- nervous system work, hanging down my head, you know, doing different things. It's like a ritual that I do. Um, and then I, dr- I I brush my tongue, I drink uh, um, warm water with lemon. Um, this is a ritual that I have every day. Um, so that is my beginning of the day. I don't eat until probably 11. So I do, you know, I sort of have that, that water, that warm water in the morning. and getting my system, a lot of deep breathing, especially when I have like a big presentation or something to do that I'm really nervous about. My nervous system really has a lot more work to do on those days. So I have to know what my week is in order to begin to plan my day, in order to plan the things that I have to do. On easier days, I I don't do a lot of that somatic work, but I do
0: somatic work every single day, for Mm -hmm. sure. I really love that word rituals that you're saying putting it in those ways. There seems to me it's kind of like, I don't know, there's a romanticism about it. Yeah. yeah. I have, it, in, it, instead of like, the, it's not a harsh word.
1: No, it's not a harsh word. In fact, I, I, you know, my husband is also a financial coach. So we coach together. We coach marriage couples and we, we have a ritual of having a money date. Um, mm. and we tell, we, we advise people to have a money date because it breaks that sort of, you know, this is a war between us. You know, you spent this one, no have a money date, light a candle. Like we did it last night. We have it the first week of every month and we did it last night. We had a nice candle going, we had music in the background. We were able to talk through some of the things that we, what we want and we dream. We have, a, we have a, I, I really get couples to have fun and to be romantic around money. If that makes any sense at all, I love that. I love right? that. And 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 so even singles, I you know when we do our groups and stuff, we tell people you're single. It doesn't mean that you don't have going ro- Go on a money date with you. You know mm-hmm. we we try to integrate fun romance in the money situations, transforming your money titles. You know that's something else that we do. And I work with a lot of women with trauma. I work. I I do some pro work for a national firm, and I. And these are women who have had, you know, domestic violence and stuff. So I, we transform their money titles, right? Mm. Because of what they went through, you cannot have that same title right. around it because it triggers, right? It's try. I am right. also a trauma-informed uh, financial facilitator. So I work a lot with trauma. And so I tell people, get on a money date, you know, whether it's once a week, you do it, whatever favorite ice cream you want or popcorn, make it fun because the brain loves rewards so that when you hit an intention, it could be a tiny one. Give yourself a reward. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to spend anything, but just make yourself feel special and bring that sparkle of joy to it. You know, it's like you're training your brain, you're training your brain to reward yourself because that's where the magic happens.
0: Uh, Yes. It is so different when you describe it that way, instead of being like, okay, let's sit down, whether you're an individual or a couple, and we're sitting down and we're going over PSC and g um, Comcast, blah, blah, blah. And this is the due dates. And, and it feels bad. It's boring. And it's It's shaming. It's shaming. It it is. Whereas you're talking about like, romance. And this feels good. And this is yummy. And let's some, Let's have some mint chocolate chip ice cream while we're make some Sundays while we're talking about um, all this. So
1: yeah, right. So so then the brain ties into reward with money like that's a pleasurable thing. It's not right. It's not a fight. We're not into conflict. Wow, this is just really feels nice. So you want to go back to that thing that feels nice but it's a healthy thing, right? You know, you know, not going out and spending tons of money on shopping or whatever, which I which I've been guilty of before, but but now it's it's more of a treasure, it's a treat. And so we we really integrate that in our classes and our in our one-on you know, one-on one with couples. We we get them to play and have fun and 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 change their money story um so that they can leave legacy for a lifetime.
0: Whew. Okay, so as we're getting to the top of the hour, the third and final question basically puts it in a nice puts a nice little bow on everything, which is why do you think creativity is important?
1: Well, I think it's important because what other option we have boring. So that's not cool. <laughs> but I think <laughs> creativity we we are creators you know we we create things we you know we create children we create you know businesses we create everything that is now was yes. created yep. so that means that's our dna that's who we are
0: mm-hmm. that's who
1: we are right if we're not creating we're staying stuck put and that's you know when you when you have water when you have water not moving it stinks so i think creativity is our dna it's who we are as individuals as human beings we must create or else we shrivel up and die
0: no big deal (laughs) this is what cracks me up when it's like i guess it's one of my biggest pet peeves Uh, oh creativity oh that's cute yeah i've heard that yeah really (laughs) Yeah. Really, um. <laughs> just in in the way that you described it, and in the way I've had so many the words you just verbalized it, and the words you use were very are very poetic. And people, basically, what you're saying is that it, it's life. It is creativity it is. is life. It's our DNA. It's who it's we our are. DNA. I mean, you can't get any more like important than that,
1: right? And and you know, people say they're not creative, but you can make a a beautiful meal, and that's creative. And they think, I think the culture is, you know, if I can't paint or draw it's creative, well, that's really limited. Yes. And I and I had to burst out of that too. Years ago, a friend, an artist friend just had me do a journal that had just so much stuff and it. it was so fun, it was so freeing. And it just freed my blocks of, my mental blocks of what creativity and art was. It just, it's like, I had so much fun doing that. Um, so I think I think people don't see themselves that way because there's a lot of limiting beliefs. So there there you go. So I, I, I just take the shackles off of the beliefs and just play and have fun. You'll see how much better your life is.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, Jen, how can people connect with you?
1: So I'm a Jen Inspiring coach, both on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I have a, quote, monthly blog. I call it vlog-ish that comes out once a month. When I feel creative, <laughs> I do it. <laughs> yeah. And um you know, I I I on Spaces. I i I work mainly with nonprofits, faith-based organizations and small businesses with their workforce development participants. My goal is really as I pivoted my business is to really empower low-income women uh you know, closing the closing the wealth agenda gap. That's really my my focus now as I've pivoted because I feel called, feel purposed to do that, to work with those individuals. And, you know, I'm in spaces uh, nationally, you know, helping uh, national companies and trauma-based informed companies. But really, I work with B2B, very few private clients. Since I want to begin to now that I'm in the second half of my life, I really feel and know that I'm called to this work, a mission-minded work. And so that's where I am focusing on right now. And, you know, again, working with a very, very few private clients and probably put creating a course or two, a webinar, things like that, on on the side. But really, my my goal is B two B at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, before we say our goodbyes, is there anything else that's top of mind, or you feel like, oh, I forgot to say that?
1: Um, not not really. I just think I think in in looking at creativity, I think if for me, just personally. If I don't see creativity all around me, I tend to get stale. And so for me, I put up all kinds of creative photos all around my space where I'm working, um, creating vision boards and making it visual. Uh, yeah. And I think at the, at the same thing I do with, you know, with people with money. You know, what do you want? Make it visual. Because for mm-hmm. me, out of sight, out of mind, I am just that way. I feel like you have to begin to put it in front of you. And that is that is that is the magic to me in, in, in realizing that dream in making something come from to fruition is seeing it, seeing it. And so for me, I'm sitting at my desk right now. I'm looking at these beautiful photos with awesome quotes. I love quotes that inspires me, that motivates me. Cause I mean, I, you know, people say to me, are you so motivating? Yeah, but some days I'm not. And so I need something to help me. And so I have visuals all over my home. And my husband says, honey, we have no more wall space to put anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I have it because I need it. And so one of the things I wanted to say is don't just speak it, say it, think it, show it. Mm
0: -hmm. That is a beautiful way to wrap it up because, um, yes, it's, you need to surround yourself with the people um, and in the places and the visuals that lift you up. That show you and remind you who and what you want to be so we need reminders we do we all everybody needs reminders all humans need reminders because we get off we get off track at times and we're human we have emotions we we fall into little pits and And little, we make little pit stops that aren't always so helpful at times, but it's having those visual reminders of, Oh yeah, that's the goal or, oh that makes me feel good or all that quote, or I love the wall being that color, um, because it lifts me up. It energizes me. It's all, it's all encompassing. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you. Create a joy journal or joy jar. And just, I just bring it with you wherever you go.
0: Gosh, Jen, thank you so much for taking this hour to chat. You are so great to talk to. Very inspiring.
1: Thank you so much, Haas. I love your podcast and I just love, I love that profile photo. I just have it everywhere. (laughs) I just love it. It inspires me.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. We know you could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you hanging out here with us. So this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting, sharing stories. So please like, follow, share, write a review, all of that good stuff so it can reach more people because I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. We just need to lift each other up. So wherever you are listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening and look forward to connecting again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. (laughs) Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and, huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out explore our experiential kits they have everything in them that you need to try new things you don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore there's creative shui, which is seven elements to join happiness through the publishing house express yourself publishing multi-author books coffee books solo book opportunities it is all about expression all about it and it's again just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. There is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out, the links are all in the body of this podcast, you can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it, see what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is I am philly.com, So I am philly p-h-i-l-l-y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.